1: The FT. Hello and welcome back to the FT Arts Podcast. Today we're talking about the Venice Biennale, opening soon, and with me are Peter Aspen, arts writer, and Jackie Wilschlager, our chief arts critic. The Venice Biennale is not an art fair. It doesn't sell. It's an old-fashioned, nationalistic show where... Countries put on their best to display their wares, their artistic wares, to the rest of the world. It sounds like a very old-fashioned idea, and Jackie, you've called it a delicious anachronism. Yet, this time, there are 89 countries, a record. There were only 77 the last time around. Why would 12 new countries bother
2: to come? Well, what's so fascinating about the Biennale, and it changes every two years, really, going more in this direction, is that we're looking back to 1895 when it was founded, when we think in terms of absolute nationalism, and when it was very difficult to see the art of other countries, and now we're a hundred years on, and it's absolutely global. And what is what I love is the collision of those two things. So yes, it is a global art world. Yes, people like Mike Nelson might be know, who's representing Britain might be known everywhere. But on the other hand, how a country puts itself forward. Is still fascinating, it's enlightening and it's, it's the convergence of those two things which I think is wonderful and the other thing is that because it's so global no country now really can feel that they are a country with any culture unless they're there and so it, it takes on a new momentum. One of the new countries who include Andorra,
1: Saudi Arabia, Bangladesh um, one of the new ones Peter is Haiti a terribly terribly poor place it costs a lot of money to set up shop in set up stall I should say no, definitely not shop at the Venice Biennale why would they do it
0: well I agree with Jackie it, it's it's more and more a world in which you can't afford to be not there culturally and um, I think nations increasingly define themselves by their cultural presence on the world stage it's very analogous to sports. in fact in the Olympics the Olympics is another thing where you get more and more nations wanting to compete because they want to make an impact on the world stage and, and Jackie's right, Is that, that tension between the, the very strong ideals of nationhood, and that, those structures, and this very free-flowing, globalized society that tell us actually quite a lot about the geopolitics of the world. Um, you know, I, I can remember several kind of quite strange pieces. There was a guy in 2003, for example, when Iraq didn't have a pavilion. I believe they do now. But um, yes, in 'oh three, obviously, Iraq in the middle of... the the situation we all know, and there was a man selling T-shirts which said, I am the Iraq Pavilion. It's a kind of very typical Venetian scene wandering around this extraordinary, very decadent city. You always get these amazing juxtapositions in Venice, which are very stimulating.
1: Well, Iraq, in fact, is a returnee this year, one of the countries that's coming back after a protracted break. Um, It hasn't been there since 1990. And obviously, it's very eloquent that Iraq, in particular, should be back there. Now then, it's a great celebration of contemporary art. Almost everything is by living artists, although occasionally something happens to one of them. And what's interesting, I always think, is that countries by no means put forward their greatest or most famous architects. So, for example, Britain you know, doesn't have Lucian Freud or David Hockney. It has Mike Nelson, who is hardly a household name. So, what are what are they trying to do here, Jackie?
2: Well, I actually think this is a great shame. I think a lot of countries don't put forward their best. Some 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 of them do. I think that is actually a crisis in cultural confidence. I think it is very unfortunate that we're putting forward Mike Nelson and, and not David Hockney's late work. But of course, it is the reign of the conceptual, and it is also i think it has to be said about venice the reign of the committee because almost all these countries have an equivalent of the british council and committees don't always make good decisions so I mean, we 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 know that but having having said all that the biennale is always full of surprises there's always something you don't expect someone always comes through with amazing work and you know i i think it's fascinating egypt for example the the artist was tragically killed uh, in the demonstrations in january and they are putting footage of what happened to him and of what he was working on, and to me that that brings a new personal cultural dimension to something that i 've heard about and that that is really you know what it 's about
0: I think can I, can I just say um, as well as the tensions between the idea of nationhood and globalization, there are also tensions between artists and the committees who choose the art, which is also very fascinating. Um, I remember interviewing a very senior figure at the British Council, who, of course, are responsible for the British Pavilion uh, in 2003, when uh, Chris O'Feely produced this very sumptuous, lovely pavilion uh, of his paintings. And outside the pavilion was a Union Jack in the in the colours, the Pan African colours of red, black, and green. And this figure from the British Council said he was absolutely terrified that some. Daily Mail person would come along and say, What is this? You know, the Union Jack draped in African colours. And they were very, very nervous about it. They felt it was really a very kind of controversial thing. It, it actually went completely ignored, which possibly tells us something about our time.
1: There's definitely a trend towards the political this year. Um, the American Pavilion, quite interesting. A pair
2: of artists who come from Latin America, in fact. Yes that's true but the American Pavilion is is very interesting and in some ways it embodies what what happens with Venice if you look back at the last four biennales on alternate times the Americans have had absolute blue chip male elderly sort of eminent names they had Ed Ruscha in 2005 and Bruce Nauman in 2009 but in 2007 they had Felix Gonzalez Torres who was gay Cuban and dead and, they, and and that is, that is the tension of Venice. That's one of the things, that, that it can go either way. It's sort of random, but then, like all things, it sifts to a sort of truth. And so America represents itself one way, the other way, and somewhere what America's saying is about itself is in the middle, and that is fascinating.
0: And there was also Fred Wilson, wasn't there, Jackie, it was in two thousand three, yeah. who um, who produced a, a, a fascinating show. Who he kind of highlighted. He did things like uh, produce old master paintings, highlighting the um, black slaves hidden in the corners, spotlighting them. And outside his pavilion was one of the so-called Vu Compras, um, one of these. Um, um, African immigrants who are in Venice selling cheap counterfeit bags and he right. used one of those as the installation and I remember asking him are the bags actually for sale and he said yes they are but probably for more money than you'd think but, very knowing answer
2: but the other thing is that in this context all art looks political and that's another thing. you know. Every Biennale is, is political because Ed Ruscha, who's not a particularly political artist, looks political when he's representing in an America and he's doing paintings which show that America's in decline. And when you see that in the American pavilion in its sort of Georgian mini mansion, that is, says something completely different than when you see them on the walls of Gagosian.
1: Well, it's a magnificent show and it runs right along to November. So lots of chance to see it if you're travelling to Venice. So that's the show aspect of it, but let's turn to this question of how commercial it actually is. I mean, it is not supposed to be a selling event, and yet these are living artists, this is new work. It's obviously very significant in the market. What do you think, Jackie? Well, very famously, in 2007,
2: when Robert Storr curated a a, a superb Central Pavilion, which is where the, the director chooses his way of expressing the the pulse of contemporary art and he had a, a room dedicated to sigma polka paintings fantastic things they all were sold on the first day to francois pino and two years later they appeared in francois pino's private collection on the punta de, de, de gana and i mean there is nowhere where art is not for sale venice is not special Venice has resonance because it's always been such a market and such a trading place, so you, you sort of... It makes sense, but it, it happens everywhere. But obviously, this, you know, anything shown in that central pavilion is exalted to the point of this is where contemporary art is. The collectors are in there. Nobody can afford not to go. That's how it works.
0: Yeah, I agree completely with that. It's not... You know, let's not be disingenuous about this, the, the extraordinary commodification of art. Well, of course, it's always been a commodity, and as you say, Venice, of all places a centre of commerce uh, before a a centre of culture, in a sense. Um, But, you know, of course, where the money is, the commodification of art in the last 10 years has been extraordinary. Why wouldn't the place be crawling with dealers and deals and checkbooks?
2: But it's also the place where people want to be seen to be buying and be seen to be powerful. And and that, I think, is really does change year on year it gets more and more and, and interestingly you know, I don't know how you buy your space here but Dasha Sukova has rented I don't know how many boats and on them she's put more clips from video artists I don't know if they're in her collection but it's arranged by her and she's called it commercial break and of course what that's really advertising is her it's the boat going up and down the canal saying this is me I am here and, pe- and what I think is so interesting is people try and buy a presence and yet I think Venice, in some other way, is not for sale. And I'm interested, the director this year has put some Tintoretto's in the central pavilion. And I wonder if that is saying, actually, there is something timeless here. And that is why Venice works as well. It's that other tension between what you can buy, you know, what, what money and prestige can try and get, and what absolutely it can't, which is, you know, all those riches and all that culture and all that art that is always Venice. Peter, it's a place to see and be seen, as we said. Um, but just
1: give us a little flavour of the atmosphere in Venice. Well, it's in a Venice.
0: fantastically surreal atmosphere, of course, and that, that, that's, that's the lovely thing about it. I mean, Venice, as I said, um, the world's most decadent city, um, just having to cope with these very strange things. I remember very clearly going to see a church um, and I was hoping to see some kind of painting and I walked in and there was a uh, Land Rover suspended upside down from the ceiling which was the New Zealand entry I found out and you know the city is full of those kind of juxtapositions as I said it's uh, fantastic I remember also very fondly China's first um, foray into, uh, into I think it was 2005 in the Biennale when they very solemnly announced to the then director that they were interested in being exhibited um, again cultural diplomacy at work and the uh, their star exhibit was a flying saucer which failed to take off and one can read all kinds of things
1: into that. That's fantastic. Well, we, we're we almost out of time, but Jackie, just lightning highlights. What are you looking forward to?
2: Um, French Pavilion has got one of the most eminent artists, Christian Boltanski, who's doing something called Chance, where you you are transported round. It's very interactive and in the end there's a jackpot where you may or may not win one of his works of art. Um, off Biennale, I think it should also be said, there's so many collateral events, they often are more interesting than in the Giardini. and some Kiefer has got a big show, and I think that's very much to be looked forward to. And Anish Kapoor.
1: Well, the Venice Biennale begins next week and runs until November, as I said. Thank you very much, Jackie Wilschlager and Peter Aspden. The FT Arts podcast was produced by Griselda Murray-Brown. Goodbye.
0: For more
2: downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.